What separates the creative person from the uncreative person? What makes one person an artist and another a spectator? What makes creativity possible and how can anyone do it? The question that published writers say they most often get is where do you get your ideas? As inane as it is cliche, that idea cuts to the core of what we think about creativity. We view it as mystical, magical, misunderstood, the muse coming in in the night with the gift of a ferociously original and spontaneous idea. But I don't think that's how creativity works. Here's what I'll say. To me, the difference between a person who is creatively effective and one who has creative aspirations or avoids them, like the plague, is really simple. And it comes down to taking your ideas seriously. Taking your ideas seriously has two parts. The first part is knowing what your ideas are in the first place. It's that moment as you lie in bed at 2am unable to sleep and you pull yourself into wakefulness and scribble down that great idea before it slips away. It's the notebook you carry with you with all of your short story plans. It's the little recorder that came with your phone that you sing into to get that melody down before it disappears. It's the sketch pad that hides away at the bottom of your purse you use to caricature the people on the train. And the second part is taking those ideas and following through. Without follow through, an idea is just a promise. It's a memory. Add some follow through and some practice and you get art and get creativity because Really, there is nothing that separates the creative person beyond that belief and the perseverance to take it seriously. The dark side, the shadow of creativity is neurotic uncertainty, self-doubt, the fascination with recognition over creative output. And to some extent, any creative person has to deal with that. The worry that what you make is not meaningful and the concern that that big moment of glorious affirmation will not arrive. For me, the first recognition that I remember happened in secondary school. I had a nemesis in school. It was another kid and he was very bright and he was very obnoxious and we disagreed on everything. One day I wrote a short story. It was kind of a modern day update on Citizen Kane. And in the story, this kid let's call him uh, Edwin, became president of Ireland and then through nefarious means conquered the world and became a cruel dictator and ultimately had to be assassinated, of course, by another member of our class. And my English teacher liked the story and he was a hard man to please. His name was Ian Steep and he was this sort of incredible promoter of writing. He didn't teach us anything about the curriculum he didn't care one iota for the syllabus. All he wanted us to do was enjoy good writing and to replicate it. And a C or a B from Mr. Steep, Mr. Ian Steep, was the equivalent of a Man Booker Prize. It was <laughs> incredibly hard won and you really felt that when you got it, that you'd achieved something. And he liked this story so much that he read it out to the class presumably much to the chagrin of my nefarious rival. And then he read it out at assembly to the school. And now thinking back, the very idea is mortifying and I'm embarrassed and ashamed at my priggish adolescent self, all of 12 or 13, for enjoying such a thing. But it meant the world to me to have this story 
<laughs> this power of fantasy, this revenge read out and appreciated. And I think it was enough to make me tell myself and tell other people for years that I was a writer, even when I wasn't writing anything or when I was writing and nobody was reading a single thing that I wrote. So that's the difference. That's the dark side and that's the motivation. Taking yourself seriously, needing it, wanting it and believing in it. And one good thing is the goal, right? The goal is to make one really good thing. We're all familiar with the writer cliche, the guy who's produced his first novel, the the woman who's done a series of books that were stunning, but they're 10 years ago and nobody appreciates their new work or they can't produce the new book. It's It's a hoary old cliche, but quite frankly, most writers would take that in a heartbeat. One good thing, right? One thing that you can be proud of and that other people like. Not just to be successful or appreciated, but to be successful and appreciated for doing something worthwhile something that connects with people and captures something of the lived experience of life in a way that's novel exciting worthwhile that's you know all you can ask for so a couple of years ago now I came up with an idea for a story and I took that idea seriously and I went to Germany and I researched it and I applied for funding and I got turned down and I applied for funding and I got finally funded and I spent about a year making the thing and I'm so proud to have been part of a group of people giving everything giving more to a piece of radio drama there I said it radio drama than I've ever heard anyone give and who knows if people will like it but we made it and we made it as best we could and we took the time and it's got incredible music from Ewan Henley genius composer who's got dozens of albums as HURV and ZPG. We've got music also from some of the bands who were creating punk music in East Germany right before the fall of the Berlin Wall. We've got a cast which is made up of just ferociously talented Irish actors of all ages and we've made something that I think is different. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be listening to the podcast of the new series and it's called The Wall in the Mind. The series will be going out on News Talk and News Talk will be releasing I think back to back two episodes at a time. So what we're going to do online is something a little bit different. The series will come out one scene at a time and one scene per day and then when each episode is done you can listen either as an episode or you can listen scene by scene and what I want to do is I want to create something of the tension and excitement that attended the daily release of a Dickens story back in Strand magazine or a daily serial in the early days of radio or even Dallas, you know, in the height of its fame when people would tune in day after day to find out who killed JR or some other such piece of exciting fictional gossip. So for the first week, what we're going to do is we're going to release extras, behind the scenes, making ofs, interviews, a kind of audio diary that I kept through the making of the show, complete with location scouting, breakdowns, interviews, to get you excited for the final series. And then we'll go straight in into the world of The Wall in the Mind. And you can find out more about The Wall in the Mind and hear the whole series, scene by scene or episode by episode, at garethstack.com.